Hello, and thank you for joining us for another segment of Dandelions, a podcast for women. I'm Molly Snyder, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Davidson. Happy Julie. New Year. Happy New Year. It seems so long ago already that I'm like, wait. Oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> Is it 2022 yet? Time, yeah. time has just been so, um, time has just been very different for the last, uh, you know, 12 months or so, but, uh, but it's good to see you. It's really it's good, good to see, see you because we do see each other. We do. Um, we are obviously a podcast, but we do these conversations via Zoom, so we do get to see each other's faces, um, and it's really nice because I don't get to see your face very often in, anymore, and it makes me really bummed out. So, hi again. <laughs> hi. So we're, ah. we're we're back. What are we going to do today? Well, I am super excited about our guest today uh, because. First of all, well, it's she's a woman. Uh, secondly, she loves books. And uh, thirdly, she appreciates dandelions. So, I mean, this is like, whoop, 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 like all the way around for checks, us. Checks all the boxes. It does check every box. <laughs> uh, how, how's your reading going these days, Julie? Are you, are you, are you uh, doing any reading for pleasure? Are you reading things other than websites or... Are you? I know you're, you. Julie has written a book. Uh, yeah, I, but have, I don't. I don't read. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I haven't. Um, I haven't actually read anything in the last couple of months. So I yeah. need to. I need to. I need to do some reading. Um, what about but, you? Uh, well, I yes, I I do read. Uh, not as much as I'd like to, but um, I do read, and I try to set goals with my for my reading uh, through Goodreads. Um, this is my second mm-hmm. year. Goodreads. And last year, or no, it's my third year. Yeah. I try to go for like two books a month, but you know. That doesn't problem, surprise me. Yeah. It's, it's about right for me. So two, two books. The problem with Goodreads, and I do have a beef with Goodreads. And that is that uh, last year I got kind of behind. I don't, the first year I made my goal. Last year I did not make my goal. And every time I logged on to Goodreads, it told me, it had a, a little box came up that told me that I was not making my goal. <laughs> and how many books behind I was. And sure. it was just like, yeah, I, I almost didn't rejoin this year because I'm like another thing that I'm just not quite cutting. <laughs> You're not a good enough reader. All right? <laughs> faster, read faster. Actually, I did I did get a book recommendation from my doctor. <laughs> it was uh, well, the Hormone Diet Reset. A reset diet. I haven't opened it. <laughs> that. Sounds like like hundred thousand pages of middle age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she she knows where some of the struggles are, and she just said, "Hey, you know, you can read this." And I flipped through it last night. There are no photos. There's no pictures. It's no. small print. You know. So, yeah. Well, you know what I do with books like that, and I bring them in. I put them if you have a magazine rack in the bathroom, you put it in there, and then you just sort of pick it up and just like read parts of it. You know, while you're doing your business. But, or use it as toilet paper. I mean, well, you know, if there's a run on that again, you're set to go. I mean, I'm, I'm really good to go. I, I have like all these like Anne Ryan Rand novels that I would use for toilet paper, but you know, that's just me. I, anyway, <laughs> um, we have our guest today is Chris Cicada, and she is opening a bricks and mortar bookstore, a small local bookstore in the Bayview neighborhood in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we're super excited about this. And uh, the name of the bookstore is going to be, or is, they already have like a subscription service. They already have a business going, but this is like a bookstore that's going to also, also open under the name Lion's Tooth. And how I came about like realizing that I had to interview her, we had to interview her, is because I was reading the About section on their webpage. And they said why they named their business Lion's Tooth. And Julie, I never knew this, as lover of dandelions, it is actually a reference to dandelions. And the Lion's Tooth is another name for the coarse tooth petals or leaves on, on a dandelion. That's so, that's so, that so speaks to us. That totally speaks to us. I remember you were so excited when you talked about this interview and you're like, this yeah. is a sign. It is a sign. <laughs> or <Yes>. two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Julie. Hi, Molly. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
My so, partner, Shelly, who's also in the same business, she wishes she was here, but I'm representing both of us today. We get it. We get it. We're, we're having a snow day here in Milwaukee today, and it's crazy weather for a lot of people and making a lot of schedules crash and burn. So we're just really glad to have you here today, Chris. And when we were chatting before we started recording, um, we were talking Lion's Tooth in the name, and, and you said that you had a good story for us about the I Lion's do. Tooth. Yeah, you know, in Portuguese, I'm originally from Brazil, and in Portuguese, the dandelion uh, flower is called Dente de Leão. And I was like outside looking, and we we're looking for a name for the bookstore, for the project. And I'm looking, and obviously, spring, all the dandelions around, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's so great. There's a bunch of reasons that um, our bookstore concentrates on graphic novels Recording. and the dandelion. Some people think it's like a weed and we think it's a legitimate flower, you know. Yes. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm looking at that and I thought, oh, dandelion, that would be in English would be lion's tooth. And actually in French is dandelion. So the name dandelion actually comes from dandelion in French. So I'm, I'm, I've thought about that. Was all excited, called Shelly. We we're like, oh, we love the name. We love the name. And then I have a Brazilian friend. <laughs> I told, so months went by. We had the logo and I told a Brazilian friend who was actually the person who introduced Shelly to me. And she goes, but that's the name of my company with my kids. She had the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a company in, um, in Portland. Uh, that is like with her kids and it's called then the lion, uh, lion's tooth as well. So we're not the only lion's tooth, it turns out. So what does the other lion's tooth sell? I think they were doing tie dye shirts. Okay. It was like, it was the kids were making the shirts when they yeah. were little. Uh, okay. And I actually was looking for a website. It's not up anymore, which means we okay. may have won that battle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was her idea first. So yeah. Well, you know, this is exactly how things happen all the time, right? It's like, I think of an idea, I swear to God, it's like, I see it, then someone else has either done it or is working on it or just made a hundred million dollars on it or, you know, and it's like, you're just a couple God, seconds too late. I know, I know. I just, I gotta. You just, hate when that happens. I gotta, like, I'm just, my, my, my role is just a little too slow, but here we go. I'm going to. I'm going to get it into kick it into high gear here with some uh, really really great questions that I have uh, for Chris because I have always personally want like if I could live nine lives I'm like a cat I wish I could live nine lives or I wish I could be like a cat I have all these like paths that I want to go down I wish I could have gone down that I wish I could still go down and one of them is definitely with books and it's either owning a bookstore or being a librarian, but as you can already tell, I am too chatty to be a librarian and to have a really quiet job, but I love <laughs> books. I love, I love organizing books. I love all, I love um, just finding, talking to authors and finding new books. So I'm curious how you found yourself owning a bookstore and what draw drew you into the business. All right. So I'm a big fan of graphic novels have been for a long time. So in the late 90s, a friend of mine was starting a cyber cafe, you know, when we needed to go to a place to get the internet. The age thing is coming like, oh, that's how old she is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so she was opening it and she said, oh, we have an area, like a retail area. Would you like to have something there? And we, so I opened a bookstore, um, called uh, Vida Loca. There was a bookstore about also selling graphic novels. It was a little bit too early uh, and probably in the wrong city at the time. But uh, that's, and so since that, that worked for a couple of years and, and I always had it in the back of my mind that I needed to do this again. And I didn't think that Milwaukee, you know, was the right place to do it. It was too specific but then lately, uh, graphic novels have become more ubiquitous. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, kids are reading it. So it became viable. And then I decided, we decided to go after it. Nice. So you brought up kids and graphic novels. So that leads me to our, um, my own teenagers and they're really into manga. Are you, do you have yes. a big manga section? Is that going to be a big seller for you? 
Yeah, we're going to have a lot of manga. Um, I have to, you know, Brazil has the second Japanese population outside of Japan. So manga has been a big part of like the comics community in Brazil for a long time, even uh, back in the 90s. But I was never really an expert. So I'm kind of educating myself mm-hmm. into, I know the classics, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I know the big, the ones that get prizes, but I'm educating myself and we had already a couple of people writing us saying that if they're in Bayview, they have to, um, the, the closest bookstore that has manga is like 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do want to fill that gap. Nice. Who are some of your favorite graphic novelists? My very favorites are the Hernandez bro- brothers. They do um, a series called Love and Rockets and they've been doing it for 40 years. We're going to have a shrine for them at the store. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> We're serious. <laughs> are, you a fan, actually, are you a fan of the band Love and Rockets? Because I yeah, think that's, you, that's yeah, named you know, after that, right? Yeah. They, they named the band. The uh-huh. band named itself after the comic. And so yeah. when the, it was like a lot of, they had to many times uh, have this conversation about the band. So Beto Hernandez, one of the brothers, what he did, he, he, uh, he wrote a comic book called Axe many years ago in which there was a band called Love and Rockets and then he broke up and every member of the band became a new band called Love and Rockets. (laughs) (laughs) So they've been joking about that relationship for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So Hernandez Brothers, who else, like in terms of uh, modern day, would you say are some of your favorites or your favorite? You know, so the Hernandez are very active today, but I'm, I, I also love uh, Daniel Close. The ones that are like the root of my liking comic books come from the 90s, mm-hmm. most of them. So Daniel Close more uh, better known for a ghost world, uh, uh, his comic that became a movie years later. And uh, and then so there's like this one publisher called uh, Fanographics, and I like a lot of the stuff that they do. And Adrian Tomine, who is... Um, who did, there's a lot of like New Yorker covers. He has a style that people would definitely recognize and he does wonderful comics too. So there's, there's a, there's many. Dame Darcy is my favorite female comic book artist. But then again, there's a lot of other people that I like a lot, but these are the people that I have like the emotional connection because I started liking them earlier in life. Right, right. It's like music, like anything. Yeah, just there's the nostalgia piece. Oh, it's so hard to say it. I'm even looking at my my books now, and I'm already feeling guilty for not <laughs> mentioning. Like, oh, well, you it's mention my Chris Ware. <laughs> <laughs> I think that shrine. I love the shrine idea. Yeah, I do too. I do too. We, I have um, a couple. We have a couple of original uh, art from them because we I I published them in Brazil back in the nineties. So uh, the the cover of the Still of recording. the book it was a book called Ameri- about American comic books, and Jaime Hernandez made a version of American Gothic, the painting. So I have that one, and I have one uh, another piece by Gilbert, and we're gonna put the two up, and we're gonna put all my you know saint protectors, Brazilian culture protectors. It's very. Um, it's not very religious. It's almost like a parody of religion, but it's <laughs> but it has a lot to do with my spirituality and my my origins in Brazil. So, how does a woman uh, from Brazil end up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? How so are that what you anyway, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other people came through other ways. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be only like the only one, but not anymore. Uh, but uh, my friend, uh, one friend that has the Lion's Tooth um, tie-dye company, she came to UWM for the graduate program in film. And, and then she introduced me. So when she was graduating, I applied for it and I got in and I came because of that. Then I stayed at UWM for six years. I transferred to the uh, history department. I did um, a master's degree in history and started a PhD. And then finally, I I dropped the PhD because six years in school is a lot. And I'm I'm married married to an American uh, from Wisconsin and Mm -hmm. stuck here for the long run. (laughs) In the best way possible. I promise you. (laughs) All right. 
So do you get back to Brazil very often? Do you still get to visit? How, how does that work? We do. We go like once every two years. Uh, we try to go. I, I actually maintain a lot of uh, connections to Brazil. I work as a translator. So right now I'm actually translating uh, a book by Beto Hernandez, the same people that we were talking about. I've translated yeah. a couple of their books to Portuguese. So I have like, I talk to Brazilian people every day, talk to my mom and my sister every day. You know, like in Brazil, it's very popular to talk through WhatsApp. Uh, the new thing is you make a little recording and the person hears it. So my family that we interrupt each other all the time, we, f- <laughs> we finally have a dynamic that works. Because <laughs> you just you record it, the person can they have to listen to the entire thing, and then it's it's that their time like torture. To- <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, from an, yeah. I'm from an Italian family. We need that. We need to all get on that app. Yeah, <laughs> my family is Italian too, Molly. Okay. It's Italian immigrants to Brazil, so okay. we're on the same page. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So it, loud, loud holidays we have. Yes, but yes. awesome. Um, so you, again, uh, for anyone who might uh, be joining in later or maybe didn't catch the first time around, you are opening a bookstore. Uh, where are you in that process? When is it actually going to open? And then you can do the part B of the question is, how's it been opening a business during a pandemic? Would you recommend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend that to okay. anybody. Okay. The- Zero stars, right? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Zero stars. <laughs> right. Uh, so right now we have, we found our space in, in November. It took us a long time. We had a space like almost two years ago and we changed courses, uh, which was very lucky because it would have been very bad to have the physical location all through the pandemic. Uh, so we concentrated on the online store and the subscription packages, which is basically, it's what pays the bills right now mm-hmm. is the subscriptions. But so we bought the, we bought the building. So we're like there for good. <laughs> and we have, uh, occupancy just for pickup. So people can call us and they, and they can, uh, pick up the books at the store. We can order any book at all. And we have the books on the website that can also be picked up in person. Now we have a friend who's making the, the carpenter who's making all the fixtures. And once the fixtures are in, then we get occupancy, full occupancy for the building. So that's about a month and a half. Uh, we're, we're building a little bar. There's going to be beer and wine and snacks and, you know, so it's a small space, but, um, and then after, so th- when that happens and we get full occupancy, we're going to have limited browsing. So you can come with your family or like four people tops. And, and then we'll, you know, do the COVID dance. We're going to wait, you know, open as it becomes safer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you're going to be able to serve beer and wine. That's, that's cool. You have a liquor license. Yeah. That's exactly what we're getting right now. We're in the process of getting it. Uh, that's one, like we also have food, so we, we can't, we're not going to have, we're going to have beer and wine license. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. not going to have liquor. Uh, but the reason that that is like a super important thing for me, number one, because I want the business to succeed. We're in Milwaukee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and number two, because a big part of what we want is to be a space that the parents can come. And they can be with their kids there and the kids listening to story time, which is probably going to be something that is also entertaining for adults, like a drag queen story time or, you know, and they can have a beer too. Because I feel a lot of my friends with small kids, they feel excluded from, Mm -hmm. you know, other people's social lives because everybody's just at the bar. So this is kind of like a neutral space where the entire family can be together. Awesome. Uh, do you have kids? I don't. I don't. Okay. All right. I know Shelly does. So she's yes. Uh, and and the neighborhood that you're moving into is exactly as you described. It's a neighborhood with um a lot of uh, parents with kids that still want to go out and have fun and be able to you know have a beer or three and enjoy themselves and still have something that's going to be actually, that's good for kids. It's going to be, you know, fulfilling and nurturing for them, not just taking a kid to a bar. You know, we, we want to drink beer, but we don't want to bring our kid into the tavern every day. Like a lot of us who grew up in Wisconsin grew up, right? <laughs> What's wrong right, with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, I well, thought that was the uh, bookstore. Oh, it's a bar. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what your dad called it, right? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Growing up in a bar, I found that you have a deep appreciation for the maraschino cherry. That's about the best part of the bar of growing yes, up in a bar. So, yes. yeah. I'll have another lime, please. <laughs> you know, one of the things too is like um, we 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 want to be that space, but we also want to have books for people who were always always liked an alternative lifestyle, and uh-huh. they kind of fell off. You know, like they used to like graphic novels, uh-huh. but they're not really following right now, or. So have that or even music, you know, have a lot of music books and have a lot of like nonfiction books that kind of appeal to people who who are more in the alternative culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. type like of people. Yeah. What about some other live events? I know you talked about having story time for the kids. Are you thinking of doing some other, I mean, post-COVID-ish are you thinking of having either like author readings or, you know, community gatherings of sort, music, those type of yeah. things? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things is this place is really small. It's tiny. You asked about opening in the COVID era. We ended up choosing a very, very tiny location. So the occupancy in this place is 10 people. So we can't really have, you know, but what we did before that we're probably going to do again is team up with, for instance, we used to team up with the sugar maple and I'm pretty sure we'll do that again. And we had like an event from noon to six and we had teen bands and adult bands and the books were there and, and we had author readings, you know, but in a, in a larger space. And that being said too, we do have a lot of land in the back. So our plan in a perfect world and everything works out the way we want is in a couple of years to expand and then have our own space for, for events like that. Nice. That sounds really nice. You brought up the space, so I I had to share. I know that before uh, you guys bought the building, it was a tattoo shop uh, called Horseshoe Tattoo, and I actually got a couple. I've gotten four tattoos there, so <laughs> I I feel like I've uh, literally put a little bit of my blood, sweat, and tears into your building at one time. Oh, that so. was you that we cleaned up. The- <laughs> I'm gonna bring the forensics. <laughs> Well, you know, been before, there. <laughs> before it was a tattoo shop, was also a uh, uh, what do you call it, barber shop. That a lot of my friends got their haircuts there, and the the son of the person who used to have the barber shop came said, "I have to see what's going on here because my dad had the barber shop here for forty years." So it is. It is a building that has been part of the neighborhood for a long time. It's been interesting to find that. Yep. Right on KK there. Yeah, it's just a really happening street. And it's, it looks like a an, an older building. I really like the look of it. Um, I, I, is it Land and Stone? Or? You know, I think it's like a, it's a book. For, uh, no, it's a building from, I only say the word book now. Anything that starts with B is going to come <laughs> up. <laughs> no, but it's like uh, from uh, the turn of the century. Okay. But that, that front... Uh-huh. They did. So it used to be a um, water and and cold store, ice uh-huh. and cold store, uh-huh. which was kind of like the convenience store of the past. Uh-huh. So it was always kind of like this little, uh, uh-huh. uh, and it has an apartment upstairs too. So it's kind of like, you know, the owners of the business would live upstairs. And, uh-huh. and then it, it went through a remodel in the... Uh-huh. In the 1950s, that gave the look that it has now. Okay. So yep. it has, yeah, it's like has like all the artificial rocks. It looks a little bit like House on the Rock. Yeah, we yeah. even have some, <laughs> we have some rocks that have like glitter on them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it has a uh, clock like yeah. uh, carved into the, the rock. So it's it's the perfect it's my <clears throat> my roadside attraction. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's say uh, there's women out there like myself included who dream of opening a small business someday. Um, what 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 advice would you give to us? Uh, to how do you start? How do you start with something like that when you have all these ideas? But then how do you really make the first move to do it and start a business? I think the most important thing is to be serious about it. If you wait for something, nothing's going to happen. 
This is, I have a translation company in Brazil, I had my bookstore before. It's, you gotta be serious and you gotta be a little bit obsessed in the beginning, you know, and then have all your numbers in order. And you would be surprised how many people try to start business and then they don't. And I'm horrible with math and accounting, but I did everything I could to make the calculation that the building, the, the business could succeed. So by the time we got to the bank, the bank was willing to work with us because we were, everything we had was explained and easy, you know, and, uh, and detailed. So, and then we got the help from MEGC, the Milwaukee, uh, um, development corporation. I forgot what the Eastern's, but, but, and, and they helped us too. So you got, we, we did courses on Wibic, which is, uh, specialized in teaching, uh, female entrepreneurs. I just think that just organized, a lot of people say they want to start stuff and they they drink and they're talking about it in the bar, <laughs> you know, and then they don't actually do it. And I think that figuring out how uh, and there's not a lot of people who actually go all the way. It is it is a lot because we still have our day jobs. We don't that have is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. I think it's interesting because so many people right now, the brick and mortar are going online, but you're going from online to brick and mortar. What What's like the one thing that surprised you the most about doing this entire venture? You know, I think that um, the online store works to a certain extent, but I think that people, even before COVID, they're so needy for human connections to actually have, because you go to Amazon and Amazon can make recommendations for you, but it doesn't, it never gets, you don't have somebody saying, hey, you love that book. You're going to have this other one is perfect for you and have a little bit of um, a feedback. And even when you read a book, it's so much more interesting if you can go back and say, hey, I read that one. And it was, you know, have a relationship with the bookstore. And I feel that that is something that people really wanted and really difficult to reproduce online, you know. So even when we had just the pop-ups, it was so much more fruitful to see people in, in person and be able to recommend books and you do it online as well, but it is not, it, it doesn't have the same magic. That human connection is just irreplaceable. And I think now more so since COVID and there's something about the uh, the Amazon delivery guy just flinging a book at your doorsteps is not the same as being able to talk with a, a shop owner, right? And, and get recommendations. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. And the money stays in the neighborhood. So, uh, or in your, or in your area. One of the things that, uh, we're doing is we, we're promoting local artists, artists, or like we have like, we promote established artists, but we also promote like up, upcoming artists. So in the subscription pa- package, we do, we, we team up with them and we give them. So we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep having a space and trying to give back a little bit of whatever you put into Lion's Tooth. It goes back to, to people who are working and especially people who are just beginning, you know? So how do these subscriptions work? What is What does that entail? So you can have like a book or a graphic novel subscription. You're going to get a surprise book. You're going to get a, uh, which everybody's going to get the same. You're going to get um, um, sometimes a zine or like a little magazine or from a local artist. And also a treat, like we did Dwellifant. Dwellifant did a coloring zine and we got um, little animal and enamel, and I don't know how to say it. Pins, the the fancy oh. kind of pins. Yeah, mm-hmm. enamel. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> there you go. So we got that, and then so you you open your package. You have the book, you have a little surprise, and you have a little zine from us that explains who the artist is and, and contextualizes the book you're you're getting. So you get that every month, and when we do have a physical location or after COVID. That also puts you in a in a book club because now you have a bunch of people who are reading the same book and you can choose to come to the book club discussion or not. Ah. Like a book box. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, I think that people are more familiar with the word subscription box, but because it's a package, we've, we've been saying care package, but I think that when we say subscription box, people go, oh, it's more 
It, it is it just, it is in the box. I don't want to do like false advertising. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I got a box in the mail. Molly, what'd you get? A box. Right. I got a bag. <laughs> <laughs> this is no box. This is an envelope. <laughs> but we have that for kids, for adults. We have for nonfiction. And a lot of the nonfiction books are, are music books. And so it's been a lot of fun to curate that. I, I would bet. Yeah, that sounds sounds really cool. Um, how do you have you been working at all with uh, other bookstores in the Midwest, in Milwaukee, or and beyond, or is this sort of a solo effort for you two women? Or what is the community like now of local bookstore owners? Oh, I think the community is fantastic. Uh, Boswell, which is um, arguably Milwaukee's best bookstore, because they have. They're a general interest bookstore, so they have mm-hmm. everything. Lion's mm-hmm. Tooth is never going to be that. Lion's Tooth is specialized in uh, graphic novels. So they invited us to do an event with them, which was really nice. Uh, we've been in touch with Niche, which is the, the first uh, black bookstore in Wisconsin for a long time. And it's owned by uh, a solo proprietor who's also a lady. I should invite her. She's pretty great. And she's opening... Her bookstore in Brownsville. So we, 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 you know, call each other, uh, and, and, you know, about, oh, how much did the sign cost or whatever, like, you know, yeah. like little startup stuff. And, and there's, um, a place called the Bindery in, in Bayview that used to be an old bindery and it's going to be a workspace. Um, and Voyager, the used bookstore in Bayview is involved with that. And so I think that we're, we're just complimenting each other, you know, yes. because Voyager are like the lifelong booksellers and they have used books and they're going to know what you're talking about. And, you know, it's and then um, we don't have used books. We only have new books, you know, so we all are doing different things and they're not like specializing graphic novels. We're not specializing. So we've been sending people there already, I love you it. know. Like true community collaboration, and there's there's room for everyone, really. Yeah. Oh, there's two. We need more. (laughs) We need more. Yeah. Have you yourself ever written or illustrated a graphic novel? You know, I didn't. I did a one zine last Mm -hmm. year, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was very happy. I was so happy about it. I did it for Time Slips. You know that project. They they work with uh, older adults, so they brought together older adults and artists to work together. So you would talk to them on the phone mm-hmm. and have like phone dates every week during COVID talking to adults who are um, isolated. Mm-hmm. And then you made a piece of art and I, I, I made a zine mm-hmm. and it was, I loved it. I loved drawing. I loved doing, I used to do zines when I was really young, but I have never had the time. Who has the time to be an artist? It's the same with filmmaker. I used to be a filmmaker, but I only spent money and never made money. And it gets to a point that it, it, it gets limited by that, you know? Yeah. So, but so what I, it, I still hopefully want to do it. <laughs> you got time. Um, what, what do you do for your day job now? What are you, how are you making your money? So basically as translator, uh, so translate uh, books and graphic novels to Portuguese, uh, Brazilian Portuguese. This is a leftover from my contacts in Brazil. I also do a lot of translation for a corporate translation, which I'm trying to do less of and do more, you know, because it's, it, um, you know, just for obvious reasons. But that, that that has been my company for many years and I'm kind of, Phasing it out as the store, hopefully the store takes over. Because ideally, job. ideally you'd like to do that full time bookstore owner and run and run the bookstore. Yeah. Yes, I would say that Shelly and I were uh, we are actually doing it full time. We're just we're just moonlighting, you know. <laughs> we just right. get home and I work from home. I've been working for home in translations for many years, you know, and I'm used to having twelve hour a day. Work. You talked about we want to start a business. That's you can't be scared of having that, you know. And so I'm. I'm. I do that. I'm. I'm doing both at the same time. Wow. Sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds really fulfilling. I mean, sounds and and fun, kind of yeah. fun. 
it's schizophrenic because if I'm like doing a corporate transition, like, mm, 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 and uh-huh. if I'm doing something for the store, I'm like, yay, <laughs> you know, I got fire in the eyes and get that passion. Even like customer service, I love like answering emails and, uh-huh. and then I go back, oh no, I have to translate this report about, I'm not kidding you, adult diapers or something like that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just an actual example from my life. <laughs> you gotta follow, you gotta go where the paycheck is, right? So yeah. right. we're all we're all headed back to diapers. Don't judge. We don't judge. Right. I'm, I'm an expert after translating this stuff. So when I first started writing, um, my first job was writing safety product catalogs, catalogs for the safety industry. So to this day, I know more about Tyvek suits. And uh, eye wash stations and orange parking <laughs> cones than like I ever thought or wanted to know, but it was because of you know having that job and and being so it was my first job, so I was so gung ho about it too. Yes. and I even in like kind of jokingly, not jokingly, I created in my head myself as a superhero. I was called Safety Girl. I knew <laughs> I was here to save the world. Blah, blah. You know, that was maybe how I tried to make it fun. But really, I, I get that where we just are like, you know, we, we, we do what we have to, especially as writers or translators or artists, you know, sometimes to follow the paycheck. Uh, but um, this is, this sounds really promising in terms of being like a, a full livelihood for you. And, and I honestly, I, I didn't know going into this, you know, if that was something you were hoping or if that was something that was even possible. Cause like Julie, you know, I have, I, I it sounds daunting to me from a distance yeah. because of Amazon, you know, and I feel like right. it has a lot. And let me love- tell you that good reads is Amazon. Amazon. I know. Yeah. It's just, I just, you said like, I have a beef with Goodreads. I said, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't buy yeah. the books there. Like right. one thing that is really great that's happening right now is bookshop.org. I don't know if you guys heard about that. So this is a, um, it's a discounted books online and every, a lot of bookstores are part of it. It's free to be part of it. So if you go through Lion's Tooth page or Voyager's page and you buy a book and you can buy any book, they deliver and we make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And they have a pool that all the indie bookstores get money. So we got like a fat check from them in the end of the year. And I, I wrote them back. I said, like, this makes me feel so welcome to the bookstore community, you know? Nice. So bookshop.org is like, if you want something practical and you don't find a book in our website, <laughs> you if you go there, it for sure um, benefits small bookstores. So my so, thing is at this point, I, I use the library um, once a week at least. And I do use the drive-through before COVID and during COVID. And now I'm like, why doesn't every library and every bookstore have a drive-through? It should be, you know, just like a McDonald's. You should have a drive-through for bookstores for any way you're going to get your books. But with the library, I, 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 one of the reasons aside from the cost of books uh, is that literally I feel I am out of space in my house for books. And I have a little free library. I, you know, I, I try to give books away. Um, my partner is a, a writing professor, avid reader. You know, I'm a professional writer. We've both been reading uh, a lot since we, you know, especially as kids and teenagers, and we still hold on to all those books for nostalgia reasons and whatever. And so, you know, my thing just comes in is when every time I buy a book, I'm like, where the fuck am I going to store this? You know? She has I, more shelves. I, I can confirm. I'm looking behind you. You have some wall space there. So I can confirm <laughs> she's out of here, space. Here, here, yeah, yeah. You think so, Julie? No, yeah. she doesn't have a lot of space left. They're orderly. But, I will say that they're very orderly and well, it's very neat and tidy. You know, your partner or maybe two, but it's way. But I'll tell you this: they're 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 really not organized in any way. And this is another thing that we've he and I have been talking a lot about lately is that uh, we've been, what was it we were watching? I think we were watching the PBS NewsHour and two of the people they were interviewing both had their books behind them and they were organized according to color. And I was like, that looks really cool, but oh my God, how do you find anything? I'm I'm against it. I am against it. Bring back the Dewey Decimal System. (laughs) Dewey Decimal all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you, though, that one of the reasons that we chose graphic novels or that I think 
I think it's because it's still a relevant media in which the tactile object is like a work of art. Mm -hmm. You know, that, so mm -hmm. it's similar to having like an art book. Mm -hmm. And the editions are amazing. Like this is the Adrian Tomin book I'm showing here to you guys. And people they know that there's no images in the radio, <laughs> but right. it, it is all designed like a Moleskine notebook, nice. you know? So it's like, it's high design, like mm -hmm. the, and it's something you want to own that piece. And I also think that graphic novels, the ones that, in which the images are as important as the as the story. Mm -hmm. It's something that you go back to many times. It has layers. Mm -hmm. It's really a lot like an art book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you when it comes to chapter books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard because you see them pile up and, you know, right. and I, I, I have those, you know, the urge to cleanse and, you know, mm -hmm. prefer to go to the library. But when it comes to art books, I want to have my own. Yeah, you know, physical copy of it. Yeah, that makes sense. That it's makes a different. Sense. Yeah, it's a little, and that's one of the reasons we chose to concentrate on that too, because it's like it's the books, even the editions. Like, there's a book about the 13 floor elevators, the band. There's all the old flyers and all the, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's the kind of book that I think we're going to be the most successful with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, well I'm I'm really excited about about this bookstore and and checking it out um both online and and in person when I can. Uh, how do we find this online exactly? So our website is lionstooth mke. So mm -hmm. lionstoothmilwaukee.com and in social media we're always lionstooth mke. Okay, good to know. I have um I'm not a, I'm not a avid graphic novel reader, but I will say this. I do have a favorite graphic novel, which I will tell you what it is in a moment. And I and I have since the first of the year read two graphic novels, which is strange for me and a coincidence that I'm interviewing now because this was before I knew I was going to interview you on the podcast. Uh, but I read two mostly because I read a couple of really heavy books at the end of last year that were very lengthy, very intense. And it just felt really good to read something that was just an easier read. It was just a very vivid visual experience and, and I laughed out loud and it was great. But anyway, I guess I'm just going to throw it out there. My my favorite uh, book of, of all, graphic novel of all times was written by a Milwaukee, ex-Milwaukeean, ex-Wisconsinite named Craig Thompson and it's yeah. called Blankets. Yeah, Craig Thompson is fantastic. That is, the <sighs> Blankets is like, it's really long. It is. So it's like, it, it is, if you're looking for an easy read, it's not, but it's it's gorgeous. That's exactly it, Molly. That's exactly where we're going. Yes, I loved yes. it, and we're, just, we're gonna have blankets for sure. <laughs> good. That is, I can't, I can't. I mean, I literally, I am not exaggerating, and I won't, you know, go into all the specifics, of course. But there were there was a, a time in the book when I closed that huge graphic novel, and I just cried, and I cried because I just felt so seen. And it was like, I have, I think it's, it's, it's about OCD and when you're a kid and how you're like, you know, that's really important to you. And because you're, it's all tied into these things that you think might happen if you don't do these OCD behaviors or whatever. Anyway, it was the first time I, I really had someone describe that. And especially with the visuals of it, it was very meaningful to me. So I will yeah. definitely give a plug. And I, I've read uh, Craig's other work as well, uh, but Blankets is definitely my favorite. And then this year, uh, so far I've read um, Wendy, Master of Art. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, I just oh. laughed my ass off. <laughs> yes. So Julie, this guy, he's an art guy and he he draws. It's the ugliest drawings you ever saw, but crazy looking. Like yeah. we sold out of it. I have, we're, we're actually waiting for more because... We recommend it a lot. I love when I could get behind this ugly painting, ugly art. And, so, <laughs> and 
her face when when how he draws drunk people. I'm not even going to try to describe it, but it's just so funny because they're already misshapen and weird and ugly, but simple, very simple characters. But when they're drunk, they're just deranged. And I think it's they just, she drops acid in Amsterdam or something like, and then the, it, it just got completely. Her, she bends yeah. backward like like the Exorcist. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, and and it's about art school. It's so bizarre. Like you talk about being seen it's so much like the the critiques and people criticizing work that is very personal and you you know it's very very interesting it's a great book yeah yeah love it and then um i wrote an article for on milwaukee uh, at the end of last year it was about um the the paper girl paper boys news people who used to deliver newspapers myself included and how that job has changed over the years and um you know it's the job now that adults do but kids like myself used to do i was like 12 years old and i was you know doing this job and stuff and it was it was great first job for me but anyway um and then someone uh wrote on facebook if i'd ever read the paper girls series of graphic novels mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I got the whole collection from the library and oh, so nice. I ended up reading that too which I enjoyed too not as much as Wendy Master of Art yeah, but I did it's, I it's did good. enjoy yes. it yeah yes yes yeah yeah and there's a lot of 80s flashback stuff which I really appreciated (laughs) and stuff so you know uh but anyway it's just I I feel like maybe uh for me this is like a year of the graphic novel because uh I just sort of it it makes sense and again with everything that's going on in the world it's like it's really nice to read something that it's not just you know it's 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 not just silliness there's always like a theme there there's always like thought behind it you know the art is beautiful usually or or intriguing yeah I think the main thing with graphic novels that I like, and this goes for kids as well, you can read it in many levels because mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of text. So if you want to read it in a more light mm-hmm. way, even though there's like very text heavy graphic novels, but you can read it in, in, in a more detached level or you can mm-hmm. dive into it a little bit more. If it's a good graphic novel, it's going to draw you in. Mm-hmm. But I think for right now that we're so, um, information overload with, you know, everything. It's like, it's a nice, like you said, just look at the pictures and lose Mm -hmm. yourself in the pictures. I think it's the perfect time for that, for sure. Me too. Well... All right, something good about 2021, more graphic novels. So I'm I'm in. And a new place to a new place to shop, a new place to visit too. Yep. Absolutely. And and run by women. And, you know, we didn't talk a lot about that, but you know, there's just so much to say about that and how important it is that we support businesses that are run by women and we have more businesses that are run by women. And so I just I'm really uh I'm really impressed hearing your story and excited for you and just knowing that how how hard you're working and you definitely uh, you definitely have a have a future customer in me. So excellent! I want to see both of you guys there, please. Indeed, you will. Julie, uh, you want to wrap it up with anything? You got a a final question? Um, Anything you? You want to know, or are you good? You got to... Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty good, but I'm curious, and I know that your business partner is not here. Do you find, because Molly and I, like we get it long, we're really in sync on, on most things, right? But there's clearly, there are things that she can tolerate that I'm like, oh no, I can't, no, can't, no, can't use somebody's towels if they've died in the house, that kind of thing. Are you finding that you both, like you gel well business-wise for your strengths and, and or weaknesses? Great question. Yeah, you know, Shelly Shelly is one of the co-founders of the River West Co-op. So she has this, um, she's very good at, because I never worked in a restaurant. I never worked, uh, never bartended in my life. I If we we go out and I have to do the math for how much we have to pay, it's going to take me two hours and a half. All my friends know that. (laughs) And Shelly is like an expert in the service industry, you know, and in in, uh, sourcing things. And so we we complement each other a lot, uh, very well in that respect that, you know, she's going to take care of the the cafe. Of course, I'm going to be there too. And like the same for the bookstore. And also she has an interest, like she reads a lot of nonfiction books. She reads a lot. So she also brings a lot of like the curation and we, we get along great, I think, because we do have very uh, clear 
this is, I'm, I don't even want to think about it. This is your job. And, mm-hmm. and the same with me. And we've been friends for like, like more than I care to count. <laughs> A long since time. The, yeah. Since the late nineties, you know. So we're we're in sync with a lot of like, you know, our friendship comes before anything else and yeah. it's been helping a lot. Awesome. Mm, I wondered really about nice. that. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Great final question. Um, so we're going to wrap it up and say uh, thank you again to our guest, Chris. And we are so glad that you could be our, join us today, be our guest. And Dandelions will be back next month. Uh, We will drop our episodes, as always, uh, the end of every month. And so we will talk to you again in February. In the meantime, listeners, if you would like to find us on Facebook, Dandelions, a podcast for women. We're also on Instagram. And we also want to say thank you to On Milwaukee, as always, for letting us do our thing, uh, supporting us in every way, and to Go Get It Media for producing this show. So we... Our just our hearts are again full of joy and someday we hope that we do this every week instead of once a month but for now it is truly a high point of my month I can't believe the amazing guests that we find Julie we just get so lucky every single woman and a couple of men we do have mandalions mandalions we occasionally have <laughs> they a do man exist on. They There's exist. been two mandalions so far, but mostly we talk to women, and just I always walk away just feeling really inspired, and today included. So it's always great conversation. It just it just really is bringing people together, even if you don't agree with them. You know, it just just sharing different perspectives. So, Absolutely, I'm glad you could be part of this today, Chris. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll talk to everybody else as we said next month, and stay safe and. Enjoy your life.